Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, I'm giving my friend Jake his first comic ever. We read Deadly Class issues number 1 through 11 by Rick Remender and Wes Craig. We're glad to have Jake on, but you should be warned that this episode deals with some heavy content, so I'm going to give it an R rating. Remember that there are full spoilers ahead for Deadly Class coming up, so consider yourself warned. And as always, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as leaving a five-star rating review on iTunes and clobbering the like and subscribe buttons. Now, here is your episode on Deadly Class. It's 1987, and for Marcus Lopez Aguero, a homeless teen surviving on the streets of San Francisco, life is no longer worth living. One fateful evening at the end of his rope, a mysterious girl invites Marcus to join a peculiar academy. Welcome to King's Dominion, Atelier of the Deadly Arts, the most brutal high school on earth, where the world's top crime families send the next generation of assassins to be trained. Murder is an art, killing is a craft, and the dagger in your back is no metaphor. Welcome, Jake, to Cameron Reads Comics. We Hi, are so uh, glad to have you. Thanks. <laughs> this is going to be a complete tone. we? It's me. It's it's literally, it's all me. Yeah, we are we. You know, you can be glad to have yourself. I'm not going to speak for you, but apparently I already did. So this is how we're starting. This is all really right. good. This is it. <laughs> um, what a big tone shift from last week. So by the grace of God, Jake came back to us. Um, so this episode, this episode is allowed to be dedicated to Jake and everyone else. Yeah. Uh, oh, are we allowed to cuss on this? Yeah. Okay. Try well, not yeah. to, but a character named Fuckface. So you're right. This is a yeah. this is a rated R episode of Cameron. But Comics. honestly, bleep Hannah because Hannah was talking bleep on me last week and you. So you guys can bleep off. <laughs> the best part is I'm editing all that out, so it's I'm gonna cut it up to make it sound like I. Beep, love Cameron. <laughs> That's how. That is all the autonomy in the world. I don't have COVID. I swear. That, that was safe. I prom- We have. We have. Yes, people here have been tested. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Jake, uh, first and foremost, I want to just start off this interview, I guess, with talking about how this entire segment, the idea of the first comic ever, like first comic read, is I was inspired by you to do this segment. Because for the longest time, Jake gave me grief for reading comics, and he so said much. he said he'd never read a comic, and I was just like, for my fans that you know have read them, I just knew that Jake was waiting for the right comic to come to him. And <laughs> when I read Deadly Class, I knew I knew as I was reading it for the first time, I said, "Oh, Jake would love this." It's like it's eighties, it's punk, it's grunge, and then I was like, "Jake, say what you want. I know that if I bought you a comic." you would read it. And you're like, actually, yeah, I would. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't for a long time. And Mm -hmm. then I think when you first gave it to me, it sat on my bedside table for 
a month and I just looked at it with disdain <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm not going to read a stupid nerdy <laughs> comic book. I'm not a nerd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I picked it up and it was amazing. Yeah, no, because I had, I had these plans to like start this podcast years before it ever came to fruition. So God bless the follow through. But um, the idea of like giving someone like you a comic because I'm was came from that like interaction because i was like i want my favorite thing in the world is to like talk about comics but i don't have so many friends that like i'm able to share the medium with and so being able to be someone who's experienced and then talk through it with someone who like is i guess like inexperienced with it was like oh i could do this with jake and jake could totally be a guest on my future podcast and so whenever i give someone a brand new comic to start i just knew that this entire segment is dedicated to you in that way. And so... Wait, has there been anyone else? That, yes. Like, first-timers? Oh, yeah. That's a whole thing on the show. Oh. It's it's probably half the show. I listen to all your episodes, though. So <laughs> yeah. Jake's like, I love comics now more than Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Cameron reads comics. He has, a, he has a podcast called Jake Reads Comics, and he starts <laughs> off, I don't just read comics. I love them. <laughs> um, so, I guess, Jake, going into this, uh, before you actually even go into the book, uh, it, have you ever like partaken in like a fandom and that doesn't need to be comics that can be like movie fandom or like, you know, for Lauren Barrett, it was Hunger Games or Harry Potter, whatever. Um, ooh, well, I did go through a Harry Potter phase like, oh, man, that was a while ago, like probably two or three years ago. And I, I just like flipped it on one day and then I was like, you know, I always I've never been into the nerdy stuff. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, Marvel. I've never been into those movies. Yeah, yeah. I know people are going to hate me for saying that. Nobody but is. Can't stand them. Um, shouts out to Kyle Rice because he always wants me to watch him and how he doesn't anymore because he knows yeah. I don't like him. But yeah, yeah. I went to Harry Potter phase and then you know I was like, oh, like that was actually really good and I watched them all and then I was like, maybe there's more nerdy stuff out there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're like there's there's a niche for me here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so I guess Harry Potter is the closest thing to that. If if you don't count like surf movies and stuff, because I'll nerd out on that. For, that you know months. Yeah, that's years. a little different because I don't know. Just with Harry Potter, it's like the sequential storytelling means, and that's what that's like really the way I think about it too. Is like with. Harry Potter or with, I don't know, like Lord of the Rings and all those. Cause I've had people, you know, for Hannah, it was game of Thrones and I was like, okay, like, I don't know. I don't follow game of Thrones or I, I'm starting to now. Actually, I've really Lord recently of the Rings started. No, I'm not really into it at all. Yeah, me neither. And, I, and you, and I remember when Jake was starting to get into <clears throat> Harry Potter, he was like, I'm so really surprised you don't, you're not huge into it. And I'm like, you don't like comics. So yeah, there's like, like sex, uh, not sex. Wow. Jake. I mean, there is sex. Yeah. But <laughs> sex. <laughs> Oh, within like, the nerd community, yeah, groups. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. And like, also, we need to preface this too by saying, nerd is like it's it's an adoration term. It's to, it's it's a way to describe the people that enjoy exclusively some yeah, sort of content. Yeah. It's, it's not, not it's not a hateful term. Yeah, we're not being derogatory yeah. when we say that. It's just, and I guess nerds would know that too. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. it's, they know. And so, um, yeah, I totally agree. So then. Going into this, what did you think of the medium of comics before you picked it up? Did you just think they were like super lame? The medium of comics, well, like the means of storytelling. I, yeah, well, I always thought of it like you know the typical, like you know I think of uh, uh, Stranger Things like that, like little chubby, the chubby kid, yes, with the curly hair. Yeah. And I always like thought of him like you know that's the guy that's gonna re read a comic book. But I'm like, I know like they're actually good and and and. You know, it was a weird transition for me because I was like, 
you know, I like books and I like movies, but I'm like, I don't know how it translates. But this kind of like met right in the middle. Like, yeah, it was kind of the perfect because it has like the detail of like a book. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it still has the visual effects like a movie. So it was actually it, it turned out really, really cool. Yeah, for um, to experience for my fans, like if you, I don't know, I always give, I always give my the people who doubt this medium indie books, meaning like it's an image. This the publisher of the title is Image Comics, and it's just you. There's no continuity here that was that preexisted before, you know, issue number one, and so it like you're meeting all these characters for the first time, and I think that just makes it so accessible, and that's why I knew I was like, I knew to validate this medium to you, I. I I couldn't have given you a Batman or a Superman. Okay, yeah, and that's what I was wondering too. Like, I, I don't know if there's genres still of comic. Like, is there like you know, there's superhero, and then there's like this one, which yes. is like I wouldn't consider this like a Spider-Man or a it's not yeah. Batman. Okay, uh, going back to what you said too, so within like other... the nerd community, within comics, there's like sex S E C T S. This is rated R, dude. About, yeah, uh, and so. Uh, you know, there's the big two publishers that are major publishers, uh, DC and Marvel. And then even under that umbrella, they have their own kind of indie books, meaning just like independently published. Okay. So the cool thing about Image is that the, it's an entire publisher, publishing house that is um, all independent publishers. So these are creator-owned works. Uh, Batman isn't owned by those creators anymore. You know, it, yeah, it's, it's yeah. owned by like Bob Kane and Bill Finger or whatever. Like they are the titled creators of it, but it's not quite like they are still writing those books. Yeah, and it's no. anyone's picking those up. And no, so they sold out. Yeah, <laughs> dude, <laughs> Batman is such a sellout. <laughs> and so by the way, I love Batman. <laughs> out of all like the superheroes, Batman is the shit. I mean, not the the yeah. He's tight, <clears throat> especially the one with the Joker. With the uh, Heath Ledger, Dark that was, like, Knight, my favorite one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Anything, anything that gives validation to my favorite medium is is great to me. But um, this, but this book is an indie book, so it is owned and written solely by Rick Remender. This is all his like love child. And, so, and then does Wes Craig like partially own it too, or is he just? Yeah, they, I you know I don't. It depends. It depends. I don't know how their collaborative process works. I always consider artists and writers like co-storytellers okay. and co-creators, but totally. it just depends on how detailed like the script is that Rick Remender gave Wes Craig. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, TBD. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my next question is, did this then change how you felt about comics? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it, it was always in my mind like, you know, ka-chow, ka-plow, like, <laughs> Bam. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, it was like a fre- refreshing, refreshing book, especially because it was kind of dark. Yeah. It was kind of really dark. Not actually. even kind of dark. Yeah, just yeah. Dark. It was really dark. So I was like, it, you know, it kind of tripped me out. It, it reminded me of like the TV shows I, I like, and I've always been into like dark TV shows. So I don't know. It was kind of cool to where it, it was more like real than it was like a comic book or like a cartoon or something like that yeah yeah and and i think that the the way that remender in this story uses um setting like in like location really leaning into the 80s but not the glitz and glamour like uh not the poppy 80s he leans into freaking like punk and and he's like okay my kid listens to morrissey and he wears all black and he freaking was homeless. It's like not mm-hmm. the really idealized 80s, but it's the underbelly. Yeah, yeah, which was kind of cool. And, and like even when they were when they were, I loved his like, 
you know, his portrayal of like the eighties, especially there's, there's this one page where they kind of, they introduce like all these different, you know, friend groups without the school. When he gets to King's Dominion and he is looking at like, you know, what's his face? Shabnam? Shabnam, yeah. He's giving him the tour. Yeah, Shabnam's giving the tour and then he's like, oh, there's the preps over there. There's the Dixie Mob, you know, the the Vatos and the, <laughs> the Jersey Kings. It was like, I don't know, it was like such a 80s, like, thing. it made me feel like I was in the 80s. So, yeah, it was yeah. like, kind of cool in that way. It was very like John Hughesian where it's like we see, you know... And th- from what all the summaries and stuff I read, this is Remender's like commentary on his high school experience. And so yeah, there's a story about that, like in the beginning. I'm pretty sure, like the first page. Yeah, he like felt like an outcast in high school, and he hated it. And so this is his like, okay, I'm like rated R, but like fuck high school story. You yeah, hundred I mean? percent. And then I think the 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 line that they kept saying on all the summaries was, uh, "This is just like every high school, except for because it's a school for assassins." Except for the fact that when they stab you in the back, it's real. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> I was like, dang, guys, like, look, you're emo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, going from there, how'd you like it? Oh, I loved it. That's a great. I love. Yeah, that. it was like so good. It was so descriptive, and uh, I, th- I don't know about you, but I kind of like the second one a little bit better than the first one. Yeah. Because I feel like the first one was more like they were kind of introducing everybody and, you know, introducing you to the, the what's it called? The kingdom or like the, the king's characters? dominion. Yeah. Domin- whatever. However you say it, whatever. But, um, yeah, I was kind of like introducing everything. And then the second one goes more in depth where it's like, okay, you know, you, you get into what they're into and like the business of killing. And oh, yeah. So it was a little bit more excitement in the second one. But the first one was still really good. Yeah, I remember I remember like when I gave it to you the first volume because I just bought Jake the first trade and then there's, you know, the second volume. I told him I got How many him the volumes f- are there? Uh, it's still going on. So I think there's at least five. I got two. I read the hardcover, the Big Fat Deluxe Edition. Jake read the first two trades. Um, There's another Big Fat Deluxe Edition at my house that I haven't read, but I read this one all the way through, and it's... Oh, no, it's still going on. I think they could easily... Does it have multiple volumes in the big one? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. There's another one of this, and then... I think think they could be on issue 52 already. Oh, wow. It's been going on for a few years. Okay. Because they come I got some reading to do then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, and... I knew that after I read volume one or whatever and I saw where your book ended, I was like, I want him to read volume two because that was the one that really made me like, oh, I know Jake would really, really, really like this. Probably because it says Kids of the Black Hole at the bottom well, of, the, even of the cover. <laughs> in the freaking issue 10 where he goes to the adolescence concert and then he like shits his pants. Oh, and, the best part. Like, I that, love that part. That issue, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Jake. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, he would love this. That's so funny. Um... Okay, and so then going into the characters, how did you like Marcus and, like, Marcus's narrations? Marcus was great, especially because he, he added such a dark undertone to everything. Everything. And, you know, he was, like, so punk rock and, you know, so against everybody and against everything. And, you know, I, I love that rebellion, rebelliousness. Um, but, yeah, like, also, like, the relationships with the with the other characters, like, like Saya and and Maria and uh, what's the black dude's name? I don't remember. Yeah, 
I forget too, but whatever. He, Him he, and the Mohawk cool. Kid, I don't remember. Especially their their dialogue when they're talking about like different bands. Oh yeah. And and, uh, and Marcus was like, oh yeah, like you know, he was talking about Morrissey, and he's like, you know, it takes a lot of confidence to be able to be so deep and on such a public platform and blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, I love that so much. No, the best that I okay, I took a screenshot like when the first time I read it. If you guys go to the Camera Reads Comics Instagram archives, when I first read this, I reposted that because Marcus or whoever the black kid was to Marcus said, "Oh, you listen to like that's gay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Marcus is like, "If by gay you mean brave and honest." And I was oh, like, I remember when you texted me that. Actually, you texted me the screenshot, yeah. and then you're like, "See, like it's actually pretty cool." And I was like, "Oh my god, he's like gay. That's tight." <laughs> Like, Jake's like that's so progressive. Definitely 80s themed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not yeah. nowadays. Ruthless. And in San Francisco, anyways. Um, you know, I thought Marcus's narrations were very like they were the it added a nuance and like a like a different tone to all the scenes taking place because you know you can see them on surface level, but then to hear his reflection on what was taking place, I think it was a great way to build character. But then on top of that, the uh, it, it, again, it just really leans into the un- underbelly, but I really like the way that he, uh, like, when the, the perfect example is when he's at that party at Lex's house, and Lex is, like, trying to, you know, telling everyone off, and yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, dude, like, hip-hop and punk are the same thing, and blah, 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 everyone sucks, but I rule, and... Marcus just calls him out, and he's... he Hits him with the realness. He hits him with the realness, and he's like, yo, you're you are the jock that you hate right now because you're being elitist. And I was like, you're not wrong, Marcus. But I liked that he thinks because he's a teenager and because you and I were teenagers once, he thinks he has the entire world figured out mm-hmm. and he doesn't. Totally. That arrogance playing into his narration, I really like because I thought totally. it was so honest. Well, that was probably you a couple of years ago back probably, in high school. Probably me yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I am so vain, I started my own podcast. That's how interesting I think I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was funny though when in that in that party scene when he was talking to Lex and he's just like, you know, usually in a high school setting you're like, you know, fuck you, like you nerd or whatever and then Marcus is just like, Hey man, that's your ego talking. And it's like, Oh my god, it, it was just so funny how hearty hit. Just yeah. with, with like good wordage and good verbiage. Yeah, and Marcus, I re- I really I liked him as a narrator. Um, uh, what did you think of the setup of the school? Like the idea of King's Dominion existing. Um, it felt kind of hurried, actually. Yeah. Like uh, there was only a little build. I wish I I kind of wish there was a little more background on on Marcus, like. You know, before he even gets to the school, yeah. Um, just because I, I'm, I'm so eager to like, you know, figure him out. And there was, there was some stuff about his parents and how they came from, what was it, Portugal or something like that? Nicaragua. Nicaragua, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then like, you know, he's just walking along all of a sudden, and oh, well, I guess that was after he attacked the the homeless dude, but. Uh, he's just walking along like through this big party thing, and then you know Saya swoops in and you know swoops him off his feet on the on the motorcycle, and then you know they kill a bunch of cops, and then just from there it's like you know they're at the school. Yeah. And I wish there was a little bit more build up of like you know, you know some more dialogue between the assassins and stuff. Yeah. Um. But I mean, w- once you get there, and then like especially when. 
when uh, Master Lin like kind of opens the door and then he like shows the whole Kimmy's yeah. minion. Uh, that was just such a cool, such a cool art piece by uh, Wes Craig. Yeah, <clears throat> he did such a beautiful job with that. And what Wes Craig, I don't know if you know, you have later questions about the art. But you can just dip. You can go in for it, buddy. I mean, Wes Craig. One thing he did so so well is like he creates like such a good mood with the colors he uses. Yeah. And you know, before I read this too, I was kind of thinking like. It'd just be basic colors in a comic book and, yeah. you know, like red, white, and blue and, you know, it'd be pow in your face. And, yeah. Uh, but he, he used, like, a lot of more mellower tone colors and he, like, really made you, you know, feel the attitude of the page, which was, like, really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a couple times I noticed the <clears> colors <throat> and I was like, oh, whatever. And I see this and my fans are are bummed because I keep talking about this, but I think just the pastel, like two dimensional yeah. color palettes that they use in these image books. Cause they don't really do that in the regular DC or Marvel books, but the, the pastel colors that they do without like a lot of gloss or anything else are so impressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so like amazed by all of it. So I think that, uh, seeing, there's a couple times in this book where it stood out, like when he was tripping at first and he's watching the TV in the Las Vegas hotel room. Oh yeah. And like, he's all blue, but the background behind him is all purple. And it's like, yes, that's the screen glaring at him, but it also kind of reveals that like, he's obviously not like everyone in the room right now. Yeah. 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 And then, and then when he's walking through the casino, there's all these just big bright colors. And it was such a change from, from the colors from like just the previous scene. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there was like all these like, you know, good, uh, good drawings and stuff of, you know, people's faces all messed up and looking like monsters. Uh-huh. I felt like I was in fear and loathing in Las Vegas for a second. <laughs> You're so about that. <laughs> yeah. Wes Craig is, uh, exceptional. And I really think that I say this a lot, but for this book too, it's just like lightning in the bottle. Like I don't think any other artist could have done the, as well as he did for this book. Yeah, are the colors similar in other comics? Like, is th- is this, like, kind of common, or is, like... Because I just have no idea. Yes and no. Um, not... <laughs> the, a lot of this book is very much, like, subject to, to itself. Like, you know I mean, a lot of this just exists in Deadly Class. But um, for the... For other books, like, Hannah and I read this one creative team, Sean Phillips uh, and Ed Brubaker, and they do – they recently did another book that we did last week, which is called Bad Weekend, and it was a lot of pastel colors. And it just, like, with gritty, like, hard pencil and ink lines like they do, the pastel, I just think, brings out such a different tone in the entire Mm -hmm. book. And so, like, those colors will happen, but not like that. You know what I mean? And not not to convey the same tone. And I think that the page layouts in this book are entirely different than – other books that I've read. Oh, that's one thing I was wondering too. Yeah, I, I was wondering too, like if it was like super sequential in other books, like if it was panel by panel, like you know, three squares across the top, three squares across the bottom, three squares. You know, e- I always just thought if it was like sequential, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I just have no idea. It's what funny. Comic books are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's your first one, so um, it's funny because in other books that like your buddy Kyle read in the very first Cameron's comics was Mister Miracle, and that was like literally. That was a deconstructing the medium of comics, and so that one was purposefully done like nine panels on a page. Okay, you know I mean, so it was like three on top, three like you know three by three rows of three, and yeah. so uh, that 
that is a deconstruction of the medium in a very different way. And so, yeah, because I was gonna say like that's one thing Wes Craig did that was really good is like when when there was times where where Marcus was like panicking, you know, he would add so many more panels everywhere, and then like he would he would spread like you know an arm of of Marcus or something like across the page, or yeah, just to create like a little like anxiousness, and mm-hmm. I, I thought he did that really well. So it makes me think of like really like film and i think that's why comics are such been like especially lately like such an adaptable medium because like the way that these uh artists are like pretty much storyboarding you know the pa- the pages yeah and like using whatever angles to convey whatever emotion they're doing i think is so impressive and i think that west craig does this in this book like masterfully like mm-hmm. he kills it are they bros in real life i'm sure they're buddies i hope they're bros I sure. I uh, know. Well, yeah, uh, I, I'm sure they are if they've been working on this book for this long, you know, together. Like, yeah. it's hard not to. I'm so excited to, like, get to more reading, too, by the way. Yes. I didn't know there was that many issues. Oh, there's a lot. You know, and I, I, Jake and I will always joke about, like, starting a television show. And, you know, like, I'll start it and then I won't follow through. And so, like, I bought, I think I bought this and the second volume that are just as big, like, at the same time. But I just never got the second volume because I had other books to read or something and I just never got around to it. So I think now will be the time. But, yeah, no, there's, there's, do it. Maybe we'll be, maybe I'll be back on one day. (laughs) One day. Um, What about, okay, so who is your favorite character? Uh, That's a hard one. I don't know because Marcus is so dark, and I love like how dark he makes everything with his tone and everything. And but I have such a fat crush on Saya just because she's like sexy and all tatted up, and she's like so smart. And I think Marcus actually referenced it in in the second book when he when he was still going out with Maria, but he was like kind of thinking about you know doing something with Saya. He's like, oh, there's just something different about that girl. Like, yeah. I, oh, it's when she she went to spy on Fuckface's clan, um, and she was like on the roof or whatever. And she he was just saying like, yeah, like you know, I'm kind of worried about it about her, but not really because she just knows what she's doing. Yeah. And I was like, mm, Saya. Yeah, there comes to be. Yeah, no, I think she's my favorite too because she's so mysterious. I'm mm-hmm. like, I do like Maria. Chico is pretty weak, like, but when, as the story goes on, I know they, they really lean into a bunch of the other, like, Shabnam has some really cool moments mm-hmm. moving forward, and there's a time when, in the story, where it just switches narrators, and so Saya starts narrating. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it is, it's so good, so interesting, and, like, to hear her perspective, and, like, what, because you, you kind of find out, too, and we see a little bit of it, what she thinks of Marcus. So how did you like the entire like Las Vegas trip sequence? Oh, Las Vegas was great. I like that what wait, what do they go out there for again? They are going to I think they're going to kill Billy's dad. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was that was kind of funny because they hype Marcus up and you don't find this out till like the second the second book why Marcus is so like hyped up within the school. Because when he gets there, everybody's like you know, oh my god, you gotta stay away from that kid. And yeah. You know, he, he had this big rep about him. So, like, when they took him there, I think that was kind of the first time he bonded with everybody, especially because they, you know, they went and like bought drugs together at the at the uh, Grateful Dead concert yeah. and stuff. And like, you know, he was just tripping balls. But 
Uh, shout out to Nick, Nick Burns, by the way. Nick Burns. I hate Fr- the Grateful Dead, but he loves them. So. Friend of the podcast. Big Grateful Dead fan. Huge. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And then when they get there, just all the chaos ensues. Um, I can't even remember what happened. Okay, so, like, they go, and then at the Grateful Dead concert, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, my gosh. What's the main character's name? Marcus. Thank you. I was going to say Miguel. <laughs> I was like, that's not it. Marcus takes a... Marcus takes a bunch of acid. He like because they they buy some acid and it's not real. It's like fake acid, whatever. And they're gonna resell it, I think. And they're gonna try and resell it, yeah. and then it, someone offers them some free acid, and he takes the entire sheet, which leads to some anarchy and pretty much he's tripped, strung out. Maria's like, "I'm in love with you," while I also have a boyfriend named Chico who is following them, and then um. It pretty much culminates in Marie, like they kill Billy, him and Marcus, Billy and Marcus end up killing Billy's dad. And it's really emotional for Billy, but Marcus is still totally strung out. And at that point, Maria pretty much comes back and takes him to the room where Chico catches them and they get in a gnarly fight. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just saw this too. I, I remember that uh, Marcus and, dude, we got to figure out this, the black dude's name. What's his name? We can cut this out, right? Yeah, yeah we can cut it out. We have found out the character's name. It is Willie. It is Willie. Yeah, so Marcus and Willie, they like kind of go throughout the Grateful Dead concert, and they're like, you know, you're going to buy the, the bunk acid. Like, you know, all, I know I know acid from acid. <laughs> and uh, it just kind of shows to go like Marcus's, Marcus's know-it-all character. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it was just so perfect that he took like bunk acid and, and then you know, some other dude comes up and gives him a whole sheet and just Mar- Marcus just takes the whole seat sheet and just goes bonkers. Yeah. Leading to what we talked about earlier, which is like some of the best Wes Craig art in this story. Um, so big shout out to Wes Craig again. Yeah. And I, and I was looking through it too. And like, uh, in one of these panels, they show like Ronald Reagan too. Yeah. Which is super important. Like he, he actually, if you notice, it was my second time reading, but like, Ronald Reagan comes up a couple times. Like Marcus says he wants to kill him, but like there's a big Mar- uh, Ronald Reagan poster in the like pretty much the when he was working on in like the yeah it was the foster home, but it's like like the orphanage. But when he was like slave laborer, pretty much there, there's a big Ronald Reagan poster in That's the room. That's right, I forgot about that. And Ronald Reagan cut the funding to the program, which is what led the homeless person, the crazy person, to jump off the bridge and land on his parents. Mm-hmm. So it's like he blames Ronald Reagan. Like I realize that's a big recurring theme, and like it makes sense in the bitterness, like to in today's context of this world, and this is apolitical, but like to see some of the resentment that people have towards Ronald Reagan post the current administration that we were just under. Oh, especially like in the punk rock scene. Yeah, everybody hated Reagan. Yeah. Uh. So it, yeah, it just was perfectly characteristic of, of Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um, especially seeing it in an acid trip, that, <laughs> that'd probably scare him, scare him a bit. Um, uh, yeah, but the fight that, that first, was that the, that was the first fight I'm pretty sure other than when, when Sia swooped in. First fight there. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, that first fight was so good, especially when he like, when, uh, he jumped out of the window and then he grabbed onto the, the palm tree the verbiage within that was so good because he's like, yeah, I'm like sliding down this this palm tree and, you know, the the, uh, 
you know, the trees like ripping my flesh off and it just made it so yeah, much yeah. darker. I'm not going to notice the skin tearing because I'm trying to get away from Chico. Yep. Yep. And then he runs across the street and everybody, whatever. But, and then, and then, um, plug, that's when Fuckface comes in, right? Uh, he fights Chico in the liquor store and then he, he like gets his ass beat and you're talking about Marcus. Yeah. And yeah. Chico chases pretty much everyone down into an alley and that's when Fuckface comes in, mm-hmm. and then he calls out Willie for not being able to shoot him. Yeah, because Willie held a gun to Chico, and he's like, "I can't do it." And like Willie's rep is pretty much done for, and I was like, oh. "Yeah, poor Willie." I loved him too. He's a good, 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 good character. Like, well, don't spoil for me. Well, no, no, he is. <laughs> uh, he's not dead or anything. Or at least I don't, I don't know if he was dead or not. Because he, he wasn't really in the second one that much. Like he was like one of the main characters in, in the first one. It was, oh. it was Marcus and Willie, like. You know, first second half half of the first one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought it was funny when when Willie got his his reputation tarnished. Especially that's such a high school thing too. It's like, oh, you're not gonna shoot someone. How did you feel uh, about Fuckface as the villain? Uh oh, well, I mean, at first. I was just so confused who the hell he was. Yeah. Because he came out of nowhere. Um, but I guess that's, I mean, I, I feel like that's comic book themed, right? Like, you know, the, the villain just comes out of nowhere and um, starts dominating. I don't know. Kind of like, I don't think he came out of nowhere. I'm like, cause he's from Marx's past. Like I'm like in, in the context of the story and how people, characters are being revealed to us. Well, I, su- yeah, I suppose. In, in the ebb and flow of things though, yeah. like of the first book, that that's one thing where I was like, just, it, I was so confused yeah. the first time I read it, which was nice too. Cause I, I knew who he was the second time I read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just had no idea who he was. And then he like comes around the corner and he like saves a cat. I'm pretty sure. Oh my gosh. He's in the alleyway. But does he really save the cat? Who knows? Oh, you know, you know what his like character arc has been the entire series. What? He like fucks those cats. Oh, that's literally what that why he got sent to the orphanage is because he got caught like fucking a cat. Really? And literally, like I did that's not know that. all those animals and stuff like that he had. That's what that's for. Yeah, and he had them all in cages and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense now. Wow. Oh my gosh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm I, gonna read it again, dude. I need to. <laughs> I love a good villain as much as the next guy, but I really don't like that character. Yeah, yeah. He was the worst. And his face is all, you know, fucked up. <laughs> you know, they should name him based off that. Uh, yeah, and then that's when Chico... Does he... He doesn't kill Chico, though, right? No, he does kill Chico. Yeah. Yeah, and then he takes Chico's dome, dude, and just walks away with the dome and the cat. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that was messed up. Which was, like, perfect for his character, because he's just sick, but sick. I thought he was sweet because he saved the cat, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, he's that, a... That was his sweet side, but... No, no, that cat did not receive any favors. That's his uglier side. Yeah, right, um... I, I'm a sucker for a good villain in a story, and I just think that he was an exceptional villain. Um, I thought that... It's like, I don't know, their ability to scare me, and, like, I was scared of him, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I don't know. Like the thing about like I guess I've I've realized with DC and Marvel is that you know I know that they're never gonna like kill the hero, and I know that you know there's always gonna be a Batman book being published or like a Superman book being published. You know, even if they die, they won't be dead for more than two years or something. Mm. So I know that whatever character is going to come back, 
this guy is terrifying and menacing and like all the stakes are raised so much more in these stories because there's I don't know what's going to happen to any of these characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like he's like drop that fancy fan enchilada. Like I thought that was just fun. super racist by the way. No, oh, yeah, we're, but we're he canceled but he, he called Chico bean dip. I'm like yeah. that's so messed up. But it's like you're right. It's it's racist obviously. He's the villain. We recognize that. It's not okay to talk like that, but to to add like character moments within that it's like it's 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 fundamentally evil not yeah. as as opposed to being just like it was like, it was like the joker like the, yeah. the joker was you know he was always he always said something in a comedic fashion yeah and so you know even though he's talking about killing you and you know ripping your body apart he's still joking about it which is like just it it makes him more of a psychopath than like a you know, like a superhero villain. Yeah, or like I think of in uh, Quentin Tarantino movie, uh, f- who oh my gosh, who Christoph Waltz plays in Inglorious Bastards. I think it's like Hans Landa or something. Can I tell you something real quick though? Yeah, I've never seen that movie. Oh, Jakey. I'm sorry. Um, I know it's so good, but I've never watched it. It's it just like he's the villain of the movie, but you can't dislike him because he's so charming. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's almost like not that I don't think Fuckface is incredibly charming, but like he, he his comedic moments are really well done it's like oh man like it just adding layers to those characters makes them so much better characters yeah 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 and and uh remender kind of like plays with that like darkness and comedy like throughout the entire book leading to the the you know shitting of marcus's pants it was just like out of left field so funny you know after just you know such darkness but yeah yeah absolutely um yeah, and I was right, by the way. I looked it up. It's Hans Landa, so I'm just very <laughs> proud of myself on my, my ability to pull that. Come on, Cameron. I'm like, I get nothing for that. For that. You go, Cameron. Um, okay, so what do you think your favorite moment was in this book? Yeah, oh, Marcus shooting his pants, for sure. <laughs> Especially, and it's not even just because it was funny, either. It was, uh, it was when he was running when he wakes up and he's just got such a bad hangover and he's so full of regret because he, he messed with Saya and didn't did some things with Saya and then he was still with Maria at the time and Maria was all depressed and, and I was like secretly ro- ro- uh, yeah. rooting for, for Saya because I just have such a crush on her. But And Maria was like, oh, I lost my, you know. Yeah, he like literally, he did the shadiest thing. Yeah, super shady. He's like, oh, she's crying in her room. I'm going to go to this concert with another yeah. girl. <laughs> And, yeah, and that's coming off of an adolescence concert, which I'm like, oh, I so wish I could have gone to yeah. one of those. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I could connect that whole concert scene and then the sex scene and then the shooting of the pants scene. But the the concert was really cool too, because you know I could tell Remender was like definitely into that scene when he was in the 80s, oh, yeah. when he was in high school, because she was talking about like the mosh pit and. And how Marcus was, like, a little afraid to go into the mosh pit because it looked like everybody's just beating the shit out of each other. But she's like, no, 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 it's, it's like, a graceful dance of everybody just taking their frustrations out. And then he ends up going in the pit and then gets knocked down. And, like, he said the biggest, scariest mother effort in, in the place picked him up off the ground and started running together. And that was, like, so characteristic of that time period and, like, the punk rock scene and everything, so... Yeah, the the love that they have for the punk rock scene within this story is really telling, and I think it's it, I think it's it makes it special too because I don't know if 
I used to go to concerts all the time in high school and like go to like be in the pit. And, and I think that's the best way to describe it too. Like for those people afraid of mosh pits, it's yeah. not quite scary. Like nobody wants to actually hurt you. Mm-hmm. And like, even it's kind of like, it's almost like that scene in fight club where like you get like Tyler Durden, like gets like punches, whoever the main character is in the face. Yeah. And he's like, wow, like you feel more alive than ever. It's almost like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. And yeah. So, it, but it, there is camaraderie there and like, it, it's fun. So I was like, I, I agreed at that. Um, okay, Jake, I got like two more questions for you. Number one, would you pick up another comic? With careful guidance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pick up a Spider-Man. You're not going to read it. Not gonna, that's for sure. Not going to pick up any Spider-Man, but you know, dang. I'm like, <laughs> like there's a freaking rock and roll Spider-Man that maybe. <laughs> but maybe I will though, because I mean, this one really surprised me. It, it was a very pleasurable surprise. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Maybe I maybe I will like a, a Spider-Man book or something like that. But it's funny. Like you know, I my mom was talking to me the other day about like what my favorite character is, and she's like, "Who's your favorite character now?" And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know," because it really it's like if whoever's writing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I like I at this point in my whatever tenure, I'm just like I don't knock anything down. I don't, I don't knock anything out because I'm just like. You know, if you go if you go in with the anticipation to dislike it, you won't like it. But, yeah. But if you, if, it's like wow, if you let something surprise you, and that's what I love about like sharing this medium with new people. It's like it surprises them, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I swear it's not for you know, it's not for nothing that I like this. You oh, know? and I fully went in with the intention of hating it, <laughs> for sure. And then it surprised me; it was so good. Yeah, and and that's that's my favorite part of all of it. So like. I'm glad, and I'll probably, I don't know, I'll probably hand you another Remender book, if anything. Yeah, and I will probably keep reading this series, Yeah, just because I loved it so much, but I, I would be open to reading, like, another Remender story, or, you know, even just trying out, like, a Spider-Man or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. just to see if I like it, test yeah, the waters. because, you know, also, like, there are superhero stories that, like, you know, shake personally i'm like from my experience there's there's stories that like shake me to my core and it's like oh man like you know if i ever gave you something like the story that dark knight's based off of it's called batman the long halloween that is one of the best hard-boiled mystery books I, i've ever read oh so. yeah and some of the scenes in this one were like really hard-hitting yeah like, he, he was talking about uh depression i think it was the beginning of, oh it was the beginning of the second one he was talking about depression and how uh you like you you lose your empathy when when you're like so deep into depression and then like when other people you know get have depression or something like that you're just like glad it's not you and i was like oh my god that that hit hard yeah i'm like i could have heard that in a sermon or something yeah, like yeah. That. i'm like yeah uh, oh that's that's so good to hear okay um last question jake what would you rate the story out of 10 thought about this yesterday a little bit and i was kind of you know i was throwing around some eights mm-hmm. but i think i'm gonna have to put it at like a like a 9.1 it's not quite eight range mm. um and a nine 9.1 i really really liked it oh it's good so and i can't put you know i can't put it at a 10 because mm. i have no idea you know how good other comics are so but yeah nine nine one's definitely a good call i really really liked it that's great i'm so on oh that is that is the best to hear because for all all the grief i got i was like oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. 9.9.1 baby like like, say it again (laughs) Um, hey but i heard jesse throw out a 10 the other day um 
What, what, what did we read the other day? It was the two. It was two episodes oh, ago. He oh, the 10. vision. Oh man, that was a ten. Let me tell you. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think you know it's funny. I I really 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 loved this story the first time I read it, and it was, um, it surprised me. You know, I I really was surprised by it. But uh, I think that the rating I'd have to give this. I know upon second time when you kind of see all the stuff coming, it makes it uh, less like gripping. Sure. sure. Um. I'd probably, I think I'm, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I like really? it, and I like the narrations. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to keep reading further from here, you know, and like take on the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like for me, it's like a seven point five. Uh, Why? Because it was predictable. A little bit. I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know. I just it didn't hit as hard as the first time, and maybe that's like an unfair rating. But yeah, and honestly, like it. it I'm reading a lot of other things right now, and maybe this is like it's unfair to rate this like that. But I don't know. I just yeah, I'd say it 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 set up the it told the story it went to tell like well, but it just didn't hit me as hard as like other stories I've read or like, um, yeah. I just thought I don't know. I think I've 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 had enough of this story lately in my life, maybe, and it was it was just okay. It's definitely a good starter, like a good comic book starter book. Yeah, and like right, lately, I've been reading a bunch of other image books, and like the other yeah. image books I love. So yeah, no, it's it's not bad at all. Um, it's not bad. Like seven point five, maybe uh, I'll probably give it an eight. I'll I'll, I'll redact that seven point five. I'll yeah. give it an eight, eight for sure. Solid eight It's good though, and like you know, really, I'm excited for you to see some of the directions that it mm-hmm. goes into, and I, I'm excited to go into those directions and then pass that because it gets it gets real gnarly later. Yeah, and yeah, so- I can't wait to. Yeah, and so, anyways, Jake, we are so glad you came on the Cameron Comic. Oh, on the Cameron Reads. Yeah, right. <laughs> on the Cameron Reads Comics podcast. Uh, obviously, I think because now you like it, now you're a full fledged comic fan. We are going to <laughs> have you back on pretty soon with something else to read. So, thank you, everyone. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're so welcome, everyone. Stay tuned for next week. We are going to have another first comic from a guy named Jacob. Uh, and he is going to read Lock and Key with us. Also, make sure to follow us on YouTube at Camera Reads Comics. We also have a Twitter, Camera Reads Comics, and Instagram. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Yeah. Make sure to leave Comments. us. Yes. Five-star rating review on iTunes would be very enjoyable right now. So thank you, guys. We will talk to you later.